0: I think if there's one thing that anyone can kind of take away from this whole conversation, I would drill in that idea of prioritizing finishing instead of starting.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme. Here we go.
2: Hey James, how you doing man?
1: I am fantastic, Sangram, how are you today?
2: I'm fantastic, so this is an efficiency series. For Tuesdays you're taking over and the last episode that you had around the four part SEO framework last Tuesday was was phenomenal. So who do we have this week and what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, so today we are going to be talking with the director of operations at my company, Sweetfish. His name is Andrew Hurley, and he has transformed our organization in the four or five months since he joined our team. And and so I wanted to bring him into this series because, one, he's an efficiency machine, but he's got three specific things that he's going to share That he has done at Sweetfish since he started a few months ago, that has made us wildly more productive and incredibly more efficient. And so, I'm really excited to have him unpack everything that he's done for us. I've seen his methods work firsthand because obviously it's it's in our business. And I just think this episode is going to be incredibly valuable.
2: That's awesome, man. I love that you're bringing people internally from the organization. I think, and that's what I feel like you and I take pride on for the podcast it's just not people who have built billion dollar companies like you know scott dorsey and like tim Cobb and a lot of these people that we a lot of times interview on the podcast but also people who are in the trenches and doing things that actually matter every single day so i love that you got andrew on the podcast sharing some productivity hacks around it so in 2019 that is something everybody's going to look forward to it so let's go
1: Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel Podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the co-hosts for this Takeover Tuesday series, and I am thrilled to be joined today by Andrew Hurley, the Director of Operations at my company, Sweetfish Media. Andrew, how are you doing today, man?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: So Andrew, I wanted to talk to you for this series because I'm focusing this series on efficiency. And when I, you know, we, we've talked about SEO efficiency with Gaetano DiNardi from Nextiva. And when I thought about operational efficiency, you're, you're obviously the first person that came to mind because you have come in and transformed our organization in the five months you've been on our team with a level of operational excellence that I just have never seen before can you give listeners a little bit of context as to kind of your your background and then what it was like stepping into our environment 5 6 months ago when when you started with us and and kind of what that was like and then i want to dive into some specific things that you've done to really take our game to a totally different level
0: yeah sure so when i started back in august there wasn't a ton of operational infrastructure in place and i think you know, huge reason behind that was just because the team was small for a while. And then all of a sudden we, over the summer, had hit quite a bit of growth with a lot of sales coming in. So with that growth kind of stretched the capacity of a lot of the people that, that we had. And I think when it's a small team, you know, there's people used to kind of doing a lot of different things, but it kind of seemed like at the time, you know, no thing was done the same way twice. And so there was just a lot of things that needed to be put into place. And so at the time when I started in August, I was actually, I just thought of this. I was joking with, you know, some friends and family at the time. It felt like when you walk into, you know, your bedroom and then everything is just kind of a mess and you don't know where everything goes. And then we had so many sales at the same time, it seemed like people were kind of just throwing more stuff into the bedroom, you know, mm. like um, a messy room, you know, the bed is unmade and there's laundry everywhere. And then there's new sales coming in. So then there's even just more stuff and we don't even know where to put it. So, a lot of that at the beginning was just figuring out where everything goes and then you know, making sure that the right people were working on the right things. But there really just seemed to be so many things that we wanted to work on at the same time. But obviously you can't kind of snap your fingers and have everything done at the same time. So you know, I learned from some of my previous background of a little bit in project management, just a little bit about Kanban style of workflow. Okay. And so the system that we have implemented is definitely a light version of that. Kanban's much more complicated than what I'm about to describe, but we kind of took some of the simplified areas of that and made a, you know, a project board in Trello, which is the project management tool that we use and really just divided things into a backlog, into a in progress and to a done swim lane that really kind of helped us see things through. So I can go through that and then, you know, a couple other tips and tricks we learned along the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to give folks context, for those that don't know, we're a podcast agency. We work with about 60 different customers in producing their podcasts, specifically B2B brands. So we've got a team of account managers. We've got a team of writers. We've got a leadership team that kind of sits above that, a leadership team of six, and then audio engineers and administrative folks. So there's a team of about 30 in total 10 full-time folks, just to give people a context of kind of where we're at. Some people listening might be much bigger. Some people might be right around the same size or maybe maybe a little smaller. So that's, that's context as to what you kind of stepped into. And even us being a very small business, it was still like walking into an incredibly messy bedroom and we're the nature of what we do. It's client services. So that in and of itself, it's not SaaS. Like I know a lot of folks listening to this are in SaaS businesses, but client services made it even messier because now it's like we're inviting people into our mess and you coming in and being able to execute some of these things that we're going to talk about. I feel like we are in a wildly tidy bedroom as of Mm -hmm. today, as we're recording this in December, just a few months after you've joined the team. But the first thing that I want to talk about with you is this idea of only working on two to three projects at a time. You had alluded to this earlier, but there's no shortage of ideas here. It seems like every leadership team call we're on, there's four or five new ideas, new initiatives that that get brought up. Can you talk to us about the importance of only working on two to three projects at a time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that really helps us all to focus and prioritize what needs to get done. I think, you know, like we've just talked about, there's no shortage of things that we'd like to kind of snap our fingers and, and have done. And it's also easy to kind of get, distracted by the shiniest new idea um, without kind yep. of seeing through what we're working on at the time. but when we only focus on two to three things at a time we actually are able to see progress and we're able to see things through and then also with our other team members, I think it helps us to show them that we're serious about the projects that we're working on and the new changes and initiatives you know we're not going to change with the seasons and you know get distracted by anything new that comes in but it really just helps us to to be able to focus on those things. And also, if you implement too many changes at the same time and kind of start you know five, six different changes at the same time, it really people need time to adapt to some of this change so even with our account management team, you know we are kind of have a drip of changes that we're working on you know over the next few months and if I were to implement those all you know on this upcoming call that we have with everybody in a couple of weeks, I think they would just be overwhelmed by the amount of change so by really focusing on two to three things at a time, you're able to get done what you need to get done, but then also, you know, give some people some time to actually adjust to that change. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that part
1: about giving confidence to your team that you're not just throwing every new fad or every new idea their way. You're staying consistent by having that focus on two to three things at a time big rocks or initiatives or whatever you want to call it internally by staying focused on those things for a you know set of time maybe it's maybe it's a month two months whatever it is having structure around how you roll out changes process changes different organizational things that you're doing just like you said it gives your team that confidence that they're not just chasing down every every little thing and by having that credibility and trust from your team they're now going to be much more likely to buy in to the next initiative that you start to push because you actually saw that initiative through until it was, you know, had been ingrained as a habit within everybody in the team. And so I was just talking with our director of customer experience, Ryan, yesterday about this idea and he was kind of feeling overwhelmed because there's all these ideas. And, And we talked about this exact thing of hone it down, like think of two to three things for that particular month that you're going to focus on You're talking about those things on Slack on a regular basis. You're talking about those things in your one-on-ones. You're talking about that in the all-hands meeting that we're doing. And so by having that focus, I think it just makes everybody's life easier, not just the account managers, writers, the the folks that are executing the service, But it also makes the lives of our leadership team easier, folks that are kind of holding people accountable to these changes and rolling these changes out. So I love that you touched on this. The second piece that we're going to talk about, something that I've learned a ton from you since you've stepped on, Andrew, is to prioritize finishing instead of starting. This is obviously closely related to the first point of only working on two to three projects at a time, but elaborate a bit on this idea of prioritizing finishing over starting.
0: Yeah, I think if there's one thing that anyone can kind of take away from this whole conversation, I I would drill in that idea of prioritizing finishing instead of starting. So this is something that I've really learned a lot about in the past year. And I think the number one question you can ask yourself every day is, what can I finish today? Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing that I I try to ask myself. What that gives me is just a huge sense of accomplishment for the day. You can really feel like you are just spinning your wheels and not getting a, a lot done especially if you're working on five or six projects at the same time and each of them are kind of inching along a little bit. You know, it's like the same kind of thing if you are reading five or six books at the same time. You know, you're making a little bit of progress in one each day, but usually feel a lot more, you know, accomplished when you actually finish one of those. So um, I use the same, you know, methodology when it comes to working on these projects. I try to just see what I can finish for the day and it, whatever is kind of closest to the finish line, if I can move it, you know, closer in that day, then that, you know, helps me feel a, a pretty big sense of accomplishment there.
1: I love that. And then this third piece that we're going to talk about, Andrew, is removing blockers. Talk to us about this one.
0: Yeah. So a lot of times with projects, especially if you're working with, you know, multiple people or are working on a project, a lot of time work isn't being done because someone is waiting on somebody else to do another part of the project. So That can mean either sometimes you are a blocker on somebody else kind of proceeding on a project or somebody else is kind of blocking what needs to happen on their end in order for you to continue on your side. So really just the concept of a making sure that you are not blocking anyone else from getting their work done. And at the same time, if someone else is blocking you getting your work done, that you clearly communicate that to them. So one kind of active way that we've just pretty recently started doing and and making this change is to have what we call grooming meetings with our projects about once a month with our leadership team. And so really that helps us kind of comb through where all of our projects are at and then see if anyone is kind of blocking somebody else from it getting done. So sometimes if you are a blocker on getting something done, you can have a really good reason for it. Maybe this just isn't a priority, you know, at the time, but these meetings help us kind of talk through those things and communicate that. So, you know, if you're not hearing back from somebody on something, maybe you guys can talk through why that's not a priority at the time and you can kind of move that back to your backlog of projects to work on or something like that. But Really, these grooming meetings just help us to open lines of communication with each other and to make sure that um, I'm not getting in the way of you getting work done and you're not getting in the way of me getting work done if we agree on the same priority for, you know, for the for the project we're working on. Yeah.
1: And, and for me, it's really been a sense of accountability. I think yep. when before before having you on the team, you know, again, there's no shortage of ideas you know you've got a million ideas and actually getting those things done and across the finish line without some structure some sort of system of accountability is really hard to do and so the leadership call that we do every week is great for kind of brainstorming new ideas talking through you know issues that are happening and figuring out how we're going to solve those you know being reactive to some issues that that happened throughout the previous week, but these grooming meetings are really our way of keeping our leadership team accountable to some of those bigger projects. A lot of these ideas that come out of the leadership team calls, but to actually execute and get those things done requires focused work. And it's just so easy to stay in reactive mode and just yep. responding to emails all day not working on the things that are actually the big rocks in your business that are going to propel it forward, initiatives and ideas that are going to take you to that next level. And these grooming meetings that you've recently introduced for us have been a game changer for me and I know the rest of our team as well. So is there anything else related to Operational efficiency, the the theme of this series being efficiency in total, your focus being, you know, operations. Andrew, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you'd like to leave with listeners today?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to say real quick, just something that came to mind is, you know, if you're going to be in project management and you're going to have an operations role, I think you do have to kind of get over the fear of kind of being a pest to other people or to Mm -hmm. kind of nudge them along. So One of our AMs likes to use the term gentle persistence, I think with following up with with clients, just if we need certain deliverables from them. And so I really like that term as well. So you don't have to be annoying to, you know, the people that you work with for deadlines on projects and stuff like that. But I really do think it's, it's really necessary for somebody in this kind of role to just kind of gently nudge people along and just ask questions. Hey, is there anything blocking you from getting this done? Can I help in any way? You know, should we adjust the due date on this? Um, Is this a priority, you know, since it's not getting done, is this something that we just can move to the backlog for a little while and maybe sit on for a bit and then focus on something else for a little while? So I think just not being afraid to follow up with people. And, you know, so far in my experience, I think people have actually appreciated that in some ways of of keeping people accountable. So, you know, there's an art to doing that without, you know, obviously guilting people into saying, why aren't you working on this project? You know, (laughs) I mean, everybody's so busy, like you just said, responding to emails, putting out fires and stuff like that. But I think it's just helping keep these kind of bigger projects top of mind. And it it does take somebody dedicated to nudging people along in that way. Yep,
1: and and I think as you were talking about that, Andrew, I think one of the big reasons why you are not perceived as as a pest or bugging people, one is because we're actually getting stuff done. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. we're getting more done as an organization than we ever have before, and I don't think that there's any confusion amongst our team as to why that's happening because you are being gently persistent. But the other thing that I think that's fascinating about what you've done is you. One of the first things you did when you joined the team was you implemented Slack. Now we're a fully remote team. We're all over the place. You're in Boston. I'm in Orlando. Our director of partnerships is in Colorado Springs. We've got account managers in Seattle and, and Atlanta and all over the place. And we were you know, only communicating really via email and the occasional phone call before. You implemented Slack. And one of the things that I love about how you are executing on, on that continuous implementation of Slack is you do a random question of the day in, in the random channel of Slack. And you have stayed so consistent with doing that every single day. You ask a fun question that's easy to answer. And so one, it's building the practice of people using Slack to actually communicate with one another because that answering that question of the day and seeing how everybody else on the team answered it is super fun. So it's training that behavior because that's a, that's a big change. Like to go mm-hmm. from not leveraging Slack as a communication platform to using it now as our primary communication platform. And so for you to roll out that change, I think was a monumental task and you did it with ease. And I think a big piece of that is because you were constantly thinking of creative ways to keep people engaged there. And I now know our team so much better. There's all these funny like insights and, and little tidbits about people that I would have never otherwise known. But because of the question of the day that you've implemented within the random channel of our Slack, I now know these folks and and it's allowing your personality to shine as well cuz you you ask the question you're often the first one to answer the question and by showing a side of yourself that just isn't all operational excellence and getting things across the finish line you're human you love Dave right. Matthews like <laughs> you're you're talking about your favorite food and like ah oh, man stop talking about cake it's it's you know it's making me want cake and by showing the human side of who you are I think it makes people much more receptive whenever you have to be gently persistent to get a particular initiative across the finish line. And so I think that's, as you were talking through it, I was like, man, that's that's a part of your secret sauce, I think, that I really hope listeners can take something away from because it's been phenomenal to witness. So, Andrew, thank you so much for your time today, for talking to us about operational efficiency, really operational excellence for you, the listener thank you so much for being a part of the Flip My Funnel community. We appreciate it more than you know. And as Sangram always says, without a community, you're simply a commodity. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review.